Hey yo, what's going on, man? We are back with another edition of the Melly D's podcast. I'm your host, Melly Mel, and as always, we got the family with me. We got Husky and Beard in the building. What's good, Drew? What's good with it? Ready to drop some gems and stir the pot. Hey. Hey, and you know we got your boy Life Coach Lace in the building. What's goody? Hey, man, we in here tonight. As my brother stated, we're here to stir the pot, drop some goods. But hey, I'm here for the I'm here for the foolishness tonight, man. That's what I'm here for. I feel like it's gonna be plenty of that tonight. <laughs> and you know we got your boy T Dot Roy, aka Pastor Troy. What's good? What's going on, fellas? It's your boy T Dot Roy in the spot. Gang gang. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. That boy was listening to Soldier. He was listening. I he was listening to Soldier Boy tell him today or some morning, man. He throwing up. Bro, I don't know why, but that Ray Shrimmer No Flex Zone been in my spirit all day. The Lord, why? I have no. I started off before I read my Bible today. I started playing that joint. Yo, and come on, I'm being dead serious. You got to do Bro, better, I was in the whip. Hey, sometimes you need that, though. Sometimes you need the word you do and better, some trap music. And I'm some not trap gonna music. After they put my man Dolph down, I had to, I had to listen to Dolph on Say repeat. that, Drew. Yeah, 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 for real. R.I.P. Dolph, man. That joint, that was a hurt piece, bro. I'm not even joking right now. That was a legit hurt yeah. piece. R.I.P. Dolph. Yeah, that's real. So that's real. for the for to be honest with you, and y'all might take my black heart for this one. Oh my God! Here we go! Here we go! Here Here we go. He's Troy. starting early. Don't do He's it, Troy. Early. <laughs> First of all, R.I.P. Young Young Dolph. I wasn't really a fan. Yo, oh you're God, wilding, bro. bro. Yo. Hey, Troy. I've been wanting to say this for like six episodes, bro. <laughs> But this might be your last time on the podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. Did y'all catch that? He said he'd been waiting for six episodes to tell so all, me. All the episodes. So all along. <laughs> we can't have that, Troy. I, I, you I, know Troy I, I, now that we talk about it, I'm actually intrigued. And I want to know why you're not a fan of Young Dog. Uh, so to be quite honest with you, I'm just not familiar with his catalog. And, that, and that's basically it. Uh, because his... His fear of rap didn't reach me. I I mm. never I never got into his catalog. So and, you know, Dolph gave an initial sermon once. Absolutely, I think you should go check it out. You might oh, like okay. that joint, Troy. I got. I, enti- he kept it simple though. He called he t- he titled it "Preach." So you might want to go back and, and check that joint out. I'll check it out. And it's all facts. It's all facts. So when it's I say facts. I'm not a fan, it's because I wasn't in a position to become a fan. It's not that I don't like his music. I just wasn't in a position to become a fan because I never really dove into his catalog of music. Okay. Yeah, you got to be that's busting crazy. down zips. So Lace wasn't Mill, busting out those zips. So Lace Mill, y'all trying to say Dolph was a theologian. Is, is that what y'all arguing? Oh, absolutely. All of that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting him up there with Shakespeare, bro. Absolutely. Dolph is up there he, with Shakespeare, bro. He he was an amazing street philosopher. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's just what it is. Yeah. Got it from the mud, honest. Yep. You know what I mean? Put out good music. Talk, talk to the real. Um, and I mean, so it's, you find motivation all through all, all of his songs. You know and never so punched the clock. Is. So, you know. Never. Got and did it did it his way, you know what I mean? So you got you got to hey, respect that. Which I aspire to do my way. Said he was a millionaire before he was a rapper, so I I I I feel it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. So, so what's his story? What's his story? Was um was like uh was he killed by people that he was antagonizing, or he was? I, I, what, what was the whole thing about that? I ain't got no insights, man. They ain't, I ain't really seen much on the news other than you know it being under investigation and stuff like that. So I don't I don't have no insights, man. He was visiting a local, 
you know, cookie shop that he supports openly, you know, a ton on his social media, bringing them business and stuff like that. Just regular day, you know, for him going in there. Next thing you know, shots letting off, and then you know we yeah. hear about it. So, plus it's Memphis too. I mean, you know, kind of the the, his, the context in Memphis, man. It's it's it's, a, it's the wild wild west out there, man. It's the wild wild west. So you never know. It could just been some hating type stuff, or it could have been some things unbeknownst to us. So yeah. So if you make it out, here's a question: If you make it out the hood, mm-hmm. what is going to be your relationship with the hood you just made it out of? Man, I'm gonna you be talking about me. Yeah, I'm gonna be there for Christmas and holidays, and that's it. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. hey, Slim, I'm not gonna hold you. I ain't gonna be there for none of it. If I'm working that hard to get, to get out the hood, bro, if I'm working that hard to get out the hood, everybody on their own, bro. Once I get out, the, once I'm the crab that got out the barrel, I ain't getting back in that drink. Not even for a little while to come visit, bro. I don't want to get nowhere near. And more you know, importantly, it just don't I'm make no my, sense, man. And more importantly, I'm moving my family out of that joint. So I ain't got nobody to come back to mm. visit. I feel sure, it, bro. I feel it. For sure. Hey, call call me Nino Brown, man. I ain't leaving the hood, yo. Oh, I'm, I'm wild, in there, bro. yo. I'm out that day. Call me you Nino, wild. man. Call me Nino. I I tell you right now. Uh <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Lace ain't gonna be nothing good. Hey, Lace eats chicken salad sandwiches from Panera. And do. He do, bro. And do. He leaving the hood, the hood right? Come on now. I'm leaving the hood, bro. Just just cuz my palate is is exquisite doesn't mean no, I'm leaving the hood, no. baby. I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't I don't have nothing to prove at that point. I don't have nothing to prove. It's not about it's know, not about standing. proving it, anything. For some of them though. it is though. For some of yeah, them for, it is like staying makes I, me real makes me appear more real Oh, no, no. See that's yeah, that 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 wouldn't be that wouldn't be my motivation. My motivation would be to um, you know, build it in a way that I want to, that I see fit, not from a, you know, what I mean, I'm a real dude. If I stay this and that, nah, none of that. You know what I mean, that's 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 dead. That's dead. Hey, they on their own, bro. <laughs> 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 that's dirty. They 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 on their own, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. I I I find a way to give back in many other ways, but I ain't going back to the hood, bro. And and as I get older, and as my palate starts to expand like lace. The less and less I want to be around hood stuff <laughs> and do hood so, things and foolishness and all that type of stuff. I don't got to live like that no more. So who, when I was younger, I, I had to live like that. Now that I'm old, I don't want to be around niggas, bro. So who see, I think, I think you're hood? taking it literally, though. I you're taking you it literally. I'm taking it literally because we have this conversation. <laughs> You're taking it literally, bro. Like you talking about standing on a corner or something. No, I'm talking about it in general, bro. So we went to, we went to. uh this beauty supply store for Sharita that's not too far from the crib, right? And as you drive into it, you can see the neighborhood get worse and worse the closer we get to it. And I'm trying to figure out where the, where we going. And she talking about this beauty supply store is supposed to be so big and all this other type of stuff. We got over there. I ain't see nothing but niggas. I was like, I don't have to live like this no more. <laughs> get whatever you need to get and come on. I don't even want to be over here no more. Oh, no, you I'm wanted them. You wanted them. Okay. Hey, bro, you I'm like them. that. I put raw spinach in my omelets and stuff now. I ain't about to be doing <laughs> nothing that no more. See, this is why you can't give cats a little bit of money, bro. So that's exactly <laughs> you why. Can't, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But if, but if a white person see all them hood, hood dudes on the corner and they clutch their purse or something like that, they we feel a certain way. Yeah, yeah, It's like relationship. No, I, I can talk about my ahead, girl, but can't nobody ahead, else Drew. can't talk yeah, exactly, about my girl. Bro. I feel that. I, I can talk that. about I can my talk people. about my brother, but you can't talk about my brother. That's crazy. I feel, I feel that. you, Drew. We have connection and relationship. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. A little so, biased, but you know, I feel you. I feel you. 
Not a little, a lot, a lot, a lot bias, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah. Lace, I'm so glad you're on here, yo, because what, how I be feeling, you support me on that. Yo, what's so in some aspects, that? but when you talk about food, no, yeah, right, you're, right, I, you're exactly, I, but otherwise, I got you. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of food, when it comes to the hood. That that chicken wing spot or that hot dog spot in the hood is always going right, to have a place in that. my heart. Right, I'll give you that. Okay, it's so that's my one caveat. Heart. That's so you go to the hood for glizzies. You go yep. to the hood. No, for I ain't glizzies. say nothing about no glizzies. Yo, <laughs> I ain't say nothing about no glizzies, Slim. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Lace always got to take it there, bro. <laughs> hey, I ain't say nothing about no glizzies. First but of I will all. say if I'm going to if I'm going to the hood or the trap to get some food, I'm fine with that. But other anything else other than that. I'm not with it, bro. Hey, no judgment, man. No judgment. No I'm not judgment. with it, bro. This is a safe space. And I can bro. do it. I'm just not with it. I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be around that, man. If you go to the hood for glizzies, man, it's all good. Oh, man. chill it's out. A glizzy with no <laughs> ketchup, no mustard, just straight glizzy. Raw, hey. straight glizzy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> I hate lace. That's what's wrong with y'all, yo. Hey, That's what's wrong with y'all. Before we transition. Let me get a naked glizzy. That's what you <laughs> Not the butt naked. Hey, before we transition, oh. it has to be said. The butt naked uh, glizzy. Follow Manly Deeds on Instagram, Twitter, um, and you can get exclusive stuff there. Uh, Mel, I got to bring it to your attention. We got our first hater on one of our posts. It's so amazing. Oh, word. Yeah. It was. It Are you was, talking about earlier today? Yes, bro. I felt special. Now, also. No, that was wow. I Who fe- hate on this? Man. I mean, what's the. <laughs> I felt so good. One of the dudes said something like, he sounded like he's afraid or something like that, uh, blah, 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 uh, about what Mel said about when he come in the room, he always he already yeah. like sizing up everybody. And he said something. He mm. sounded like a, a, a B. So I. He called me a B. Hmm. Hey, if I knew who it was personally. See, here we go. Here <laughs> Toxic. We go. <laughs> Toxic. The funny thing was, I tried to go to his page and look at it to see, but he ain't had no see, post. That, he ain't got that's, no. That's, that's when many, I was that's, like, you know what? That's too many steps, man. You, it is you, too you many gave steps. Too much, you gave too much energy to that. But hey, even the haters, man, keep listening, yo. Keep listening. That's what it is. Look. So we so we got something special tonight. I ain't gonna call it special, but let me say it's it's gonna be regular. We added to our routine. We taking the podcast up a notch. Uh, so you know, like we said, we listen to the feedback. We take it all in. And one of the things that we heard over and over and over again is that we use too many big words on this podcast. Too so many. We we. So let me not say we because I don't use no big words. Uh, I'm not up there with with Drew and Life Coach Lace. Um, Here we go. So I don't you know partake in big words as much as they do so what we gonna do to help me help troy because you know troy on the same wavelength as me he had iep when he was younger (laughs) (laughs) toxic Toxic. yo so 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 all of us we gonna have we gonna have either you know either drew or or life coach lays what's the week they're gonna bless us with a word you know, that we going to all grow our vocabulary together. You know, so we just going to call it the word of the week. So I'm going to drum roll it, give it over to Drew. Hey, yo, and, and I'm going to tell you to do this for me, Drew. When you use your big word, after you tell me what it means, also use it in a sentence so that I know how to use it, you know, after we get off the podcast. Origin of the word, please. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> hey, so the word of the week is ostracize. Ostracize. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, means to not allow someone to be included in a group to exclude someone from a group. So we just got done talking about Big Fella and his complaint. He felt ostracized <laughs> by Melvin in his comments. Okay, all right. Oh, that's a good one. So that's ostracized, and you all, right, all have a way been, to use that. And we welcome all of you all to the big word of the week. Thank yes. you for coming. The, the wow segment. Word of the week. Yo, that joke was funny, though, because people was really like, yo, y'all going to use big words the whole time? My vocabulary can't keep up with this conversation and stuff like that. And mm. I was like, yo, are we really using that many big words? And then I went back and listened to a couple of them. And then I heard Drew using Jeopardy words for like five minutes. And I was like, yo. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I was it, like, yo, we really be doing this right on the podcast, yo. Hey, all right, look. There's gonna, layers. There's layers. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm going to take y'all's criticism. I was talking today and I was telling somebody, I was like, yo, I was listening to NPR and they were like, you listen to NPR, bro? And I was uh, like, yeah, maybe I maybe I do use too many big words. My palate nah, is late said. Nah, you can never use too many big words. Nah, yeah. my palate never is really said it's diverse. Words, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you, so, bro. That's a toxic trait of mine. I just try to make you feel bad for using big words because I don't know the big words that you use and I can't keep up. So it's easier for me. <laughs> it's hey, easier it's for me to make space. you feel bad about your big words than for me to have to open the dictionary, bro. For all the listeners, if you haven't caught on to something, we talk about topics that we deal with personally. Last week, we talked about toxicity and we basically had a uh, intervention for Melvin. And, right. and, <laughs> and as you can see... When we talk about topics that topics that we deal with directly, we take it to heart. We actually we put this stuff into practice. And Melvin we just do, mentioned he admitted that he was he's toxic, uh, and the fact that in, in his in his insecurity, he's uh um he's insecure when when uh Cameron uses big words, and he's working on that. So that's what's up. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, it was very reflective of me last week for y'all to teach me that I was toxic uh, <laughs> because. I had no idea. And what made it even worse is I really thought I was coming to a real revelation last week on the podcast where y'all was breaking it down to me, right? When we got off the joint, the next day, I'm texting I'm texting a couple of my mans. I'm like, yo, you I, you think I'm toxic? I'm toxic? I'm asking people. I'm trying to confirm, you know, and they like, basically like, you didn't know? You know, like, you, so, <laughs> you didn't man, know that toxic. you were? I'm man, like, that's yo, that's, that's messed up, man. That's messed up, man. But I, I told him last week, I'm I'm honest. I'm going to keep it a bean. I'm going to probably work on 5% of what we talk about. The other 95% <laughs> I'm probably going to keep. That's progress. And that's, and that's progress. Hey, slow and steady, you know what I mean? Slow and steady wins the race. Hey, so I'm going to just jump right into it because we already running for time. And we ain't even got into our topic yet. But I'm going to say the next segment that we're going to start doing each week, we calling it You With It or Nah. So we just go and debate trivial things common topics that come up that either one of us is on the other side of the fence about. So, you know, you with it or no, that's how we're going to get it cracking this week. And we have a good debate. I'm going to let Lace kick it off because he's the one who came up with it this week. And I feel like it's going to be a lot of people that feel where we're coming from right now. Yeah, so tonight we're going to keep it very simple, you know what I mean? With it or not. So the, the topic tonight, very briefly, is about grits. You put salt and pepper in your grits or you put sugar in your grits? Like, what's the movement, man? What you going with, Drew? What's what's on your what's on your menu? I already know Drew answer, but I'm gonna let him say it. Hey, bro, that's easy. But Mel, I'm interested to know what you think my answer gonna be, bro. <laughs> he looked like he put hey, sugar bro, in the country. Jones. You're a country I ain't gonna hold you. 
you are you a southern gentleman, you're a country southern gentleman, so I'ma just go ahead and assume that you put butter, salt, and pepper in your grits, maybe a sprinkle of cheese. Butter for sure. I don't know about the rest of that stuff, but butter for sure. Hey bro, you lace on it, bro. I put butter and sugar in my grits, bro. I knew <laughs> okay. it. I knew it. Okay. <laughs> That's surprising. I'm actually surprised by that. There's no other he way, likes bro. Sweet grits. I'm surprised hey. by that. And you got to get some cheese in your grits and and have it with your grits, bro. It's 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 a it's you a, put sugar with the cheese. Nah, bro. You got to have sugar oh, and butter in your you grits. You a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, bro. You go to uh you go to a fine dining establishment like Waffle House. Get you some no grits. Fine dining. <laughs> Hey, hey, real yo, talk. You set me up with that one because I was hey, about to say no talk. fine dining establishment on earth sells grits, bro. The lies you tell. <laughs> go ahead, go. Hey, bro. Waffle House be hitting, bro. Waffle House hits. be hitting. Gourmet. Hits. Go, Waffle I'm House telling you. Let me tell y'all a real life story, bro. Me and my brother tried to get my mama to go with us to Waffle House in the borough one time. And she was like, I just don't know how clean they are. We were like, yo, ma, that's the point. That's the point. That's what that's makes whole it point. great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If the cook ain't missing a few teeth, that's not the Waffle House for nah, me. Bro, bro, I need matter of fact, I need my cook to have a couple of felonies on his record. Yes, oh, easy. Bro. Matter of fact, I need him on work release. Work exactly. release. Exactly. I need him on work exactly. release, Exactly. You go back when you get done with your shit. <laughs> exactly. If that's what I need. If he don't have a cigarette, a black and mild, or a blunt in the back of his ear, I don't Tell want it. Troy. I don't what want it. For real. Exactly. That's for real. Exactly. Cover hey. and smother me, please. Look, I went, to, I went to a Waffle House out in uh, Lynchburg once, and it was some uh, high school white boys, uh, white kids working. I was like, nah, I'm good. I walked up by No struggle. No struggle. No struggle. No struggle. And I won't struggle eggs, bro. I want eggs that came out to struggle. They're yes. gonna be the most privileged eggs no you eat. Hey, bro, they have no seasoning, no cheese, no nothing, just egg. The most privileged scrambled yeah. egg you ever go eat. No Troy. struggle, bro. No struggle. Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. I don't usually uh, spend a lot of time partaking of slave food, but when I do, eat slave food. food? What in the all, world? Hey, all right, go look. Go do your googles. I'm not going to debate you about it. Grits is definitely slave food. <laughs> Go back and look at it, bro. Go look it up. Melvin ain't, ain't got no type of tech or no couth, bro. No tech. Hey, no couth. No couth. Grits is slave food. I don't really do that. We progress. They they did that so I wouldn't have to. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> if I do partake of grits, which is not very often, uh, I, I, I'm a city boy, so I would prefer the sugar. I don't want to be eating no bitter grits or nothing like that. I don't really douse mine with butter like drew i just risk diabetes for mine so um yeah but other than that i really don't eat grits i'm more of an oatmeal kind of guy but uh troy looks disappointed in my in my answer well i'm i'm very disappointed in both of y'all i am very disappointed uh so for me i am an oatmeal guy so i will put that out there when it comes to grits the best way to eat them is that once they're cooked you pour them all in the trash <laughs> and you don't eat it at all. Grits is nothing but watered slave food. No, it's watered down sandpaper, bro. Why would I want to <laughs> eat sandpaper? You ain't had nobody to make it right for you, bro. Nah, bro. You know, people be saying that about certain foods, and certain foods is just ain't good no it matter. It ain't who good. Makes. And like grits, broccoli casserole. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, care I, who makes broccoli casserole. Hey, Mel. Hey, Mel. Go ahead and defend whole, us, bro. 
Go ahead. Mel, and I'll shut this whole podcast down if you talk <laughs> we, about broccoli casserole. Well, we know, we know, if we if we ran a legit poll. Like nobody eats broccoli casserole. It might be two answers: <laughs> Troy and his grandma. Like, others, <laughs> hey, the others eat broccoli casserole. And when I did the poll, the three percent of people who did eat broccoli casserole was Troy and the others. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me you tell you this right so now. That's just what it is. And I'm a, I said it, it before, and I say it again. Y'all's mama can't cook. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, y'all's mama can't cook. They, she did good enough cool. for the family to make help you get through high school and live. <laughs> But she overall, she couldn't cook for the masses. My grandmother can't. Hey, the lies you tell. But anyway, you know what I mean? I'm going to wrap this thing up like a real one should because it's. It, I finally understand. I always thought I was the only real dude on this podcast, but now I truly know since everybody else puts butter <laughs> and sugar in their grits. The only thing that go in grits, man, is salt, pepper, and, and cheese. That's it, man. Salt, Trash. pepper, and cheese. That's what it is. Trash. Nothing else. No, no sugar. No splendor. No sweet and low. None Trash. of that. Goes you only grits. put cheese and grits for shrimp and grits, bro. That's the only time cheese is acceptable in grits, bro. Nah, mm. cheese. Cheese goes in grits with any time you eat them. Cheese, salt, pepper, butter. That's it. I really don't know how people eat shrimp and grits. I think the textures mixing together just makes my stomach hurt. See, you're one of them, yo. You be on that texture stuff. I really don't know, bro. We all know you put worse in your body, bro. So it is okay to (laughs) eat. You drank hypno, bro. Okay. You drank hypno. You can eat shrimp and grits. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay. So just because I don't want my shrimp to have eczema, now I got a problem with my Melvin, when did you become so, a comedian, bro? I never know for you to be a comedian <laughs> out this piece. <laughs> hey, I let it shine sometimes. My yo, boy is wild, yo. My boy is wild. We gonna get into it. What we talking tonight? So this this was gonna be interesting because this one specific, specifically heavy on Drew's heart, bro. And he made a point to say that he wanted to talk about this subject tonight because it's something that he's been. I don't. I ain't gonna say struggling with, but it's something that he's been battling. And I think that it's a very very deep conversation that we about to have. I personally think that he's in denial, and I'll tell you why once we get more into it. Deep denial. Uh, but we we talking privilege tonight, man. We getting into privilege, mm-hmm. life privilege, uh, male privilege, uh, and everything that encompasses that, man. So I, in untrue fashion, I'm gonna let Drew kick this drain off and just get, you know get us started because I'm ready to debate. And I had a couple days to get my arguments ready, so I think <laughs> <it's everybody. laughs> I'm glad I knew about it ahead of time because now I'm ready. All right, next time we pick topics, I, I'm just gonna do it on the fly because I can't have mail. <laughs> just stockpiling, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Stocking the the ammunition. He over here pulling articles, hey, reviewed articles. I ain't pulling no scholarly articles, bro. He ready for war. He could be in the in the shower practicing his argument. <laughs> hey, if he say this, I'm gonna hit, I'm him, hit him, him right here. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man. Oh, man. Um, you know. In this day and time, privilege is becoming like a conversation that everybody is having about, you know, who has privilege, what does privilege look like or whatever the case may be. And I guess I would say I'm not denying the existence of privilege. You know, I got male privilege. You know, I can see that very easily um, and I can exercise privilege in certain different situations. And so um, I'm not denying the existence of privilege. I guess my issue is, is that I can see how what I'm saying crosses lines in regards to, you know, sex, race, socioeconomic status, I just can't get over the fact that people say, oh, well, you're privileged because you come from a two parent household. And so, you know, somebody made the comment to me and they were like, well, you know, you sound like uh, white folks who say that they don't have white privilege. And I'm like, ah, you know, two different ends of the spectrum. You know, white privilege is based off of systemic racism, 
a 400 year head start. You basically saying that I ain't have to work for nothing because my parents decided to stay miserable and be together for, you know, for, <laughs> for me to have a whole home. <laughs> so they decided to take the L for me so that I could get a dub, you know. And so. Which yeah. is privilege. Which is privilege. Uh, Which is here privilege. we go, bro. Here we I'm go. Just, I, I'm just, you know, I'm interested to know why you feel like that's not privilege. That's a really good question. Why do you feel question. like growing up in a two-parent household is not privilege? I guess, so I'll say it like this, and maybe I can kind of expound on my point. I'm not denying that it is privilege, and I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I guess as a black male, I get aggravated because historically, we've been told, oh, your daddy, your daddy here, your daddy ain't there. You don't know who your daddy is. So the fact that I do have my dad present, I know exactly where he, I know what he's doing, where he probably sleep right now, but... I know what he's doing on a day-to-day basis, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I've seen my dad. I know what he looked like. You know what I'm saying? I I clearly know um, where I get, you know, some of my attributes from. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just like I think my biggest issue is is that I probably have only heard that comment come from other black people who have tried to marginalize me or disenfranchise me because I come from a two-parent home. And I'm like, you must not... All right. Hey, bro. One of them words should have been the big word of the week. I Yeah, he's going to say Ostr- ostracize, they're going to throw out margin- marginalized and all that. Oh, go Come ahead, on, man. man. Go ahead. We, we, we use that every day, man. Go go ahead. Ahead. Carry on. Carry on, Drew. Carry, carry all right. On. Let, me, let me break it back down. People try to make me feel small because I got or less than. Less than. Thank you. <laughs> Because both my mom and dad were present in the crib. And so it's just like, I would say, you don't know our history. And so why would you try to, you know, vilify, you know, or make a villain out of me? Because, you know, I got both my parents in the crib. I don't know, bro. That sounds more like jealousy than than making you the villain. You know, when you say stuff like that, especially if it's coming from other black people, I would almost bet that the black people who have said it to you, either haven't met their father or grew up in a single parent household where it was just their mother without their dad or they know their dad, but they don't have a great relationship or anything like that. So then they see you and just assume, you know, that because you grew up in a two parent household or whatever, that your life was easier or you have certain advantages that, you know, they don't have or have been afforded or whatever. So kind of similar to what I was saying about, you know, how you use big words and I get jealous. so I make you feel small about it instead of opening the dictionary. It's just easier for them to look at you and say, you know, your life was easier because of this thing, mm-hmm. you know, rather than taking inventory and making peace, you know, with their own story and their own experiences. So I, I, I really think that it's just, you know, more so that and less, you know, less like you're the villain or anything like that. Yeah, when we think about privilege, I mean, privilege is un, unearned and unmerited. So, again, we can't pick our parents and the fact, like you said, that your people stayed together, although you had no yeah, I, I guess no contribution to that. At the end of the day, it is a privilege to have that. You know what I mean? So, um, however, they spun it to sell their belief is vastly different for whatever reason, because we know people have different reasons for what they do. But at the end of the day, it is a privilege. But how you navigate that and how you, you know, maneuver uh, within that landscape is key. So, yeah, it's definitely a privilege, though, because I mean, I'm in the same boat. My, my people stayed together and I had nothing to do with I'm sure. I'm sure I had something to do with that, but again, it was unbeknownst to me. So at the end of the day, um, that's what Lace. Have you have you ever heard somebody tell you that you were privileged because you had your parents 
in the same household? Well, the thing the thing is, you know, what I mean, like especially my friends back in the day, high school, middle school, those types of things, they would say, "Oh, you lucky, your pops around," stuff like that. So at the end of the day, it was more so like uh, them yearning to have some of the same experiences that I was going that I was able to experience. But um, at the time, of course, it wasn't recognized. As privilege, we weren't using those kind of words, but it was more so like, "Yo, your pops around? That's what's up. You, you, you cool dude. You lucky, yada yada yada, that kind of thing." So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I honestly, Drew, I when I think there's a difference between being privileged and having a privilege, and right. and that is definitely a uh, statistically it, it shows that if you have a two-parent household you're going to and your parents had you after uh they married then they're statistically you're going to do a whole lot better um so Thanks. it definitely is a a privilege but what i don't want you to think is that um your hard work is being overlooked because we know Correct. your hard work bro we know the stuff you went through we you went you went to college you know what i'm saying you um you, uh, I know how you got your second degree. You suffered to get your second degree. You had to go through <laughs> suffering. <laughs> and right now, he was uh, he was in the valley. He was add going through the valley. And, <laughs> add me to that. Yes, list. bro. I know how you got that second degree. So yeah, man. I think it's I think it's a privilege. Uh, it's great to have a, a male influence in your um in your life at the very beginning, um because your loss. I mean. Um, cause without one, I know for myself, you know, I spent my time trying to find w- what my identity was because I didn't have my whole family. So, uh, it's no. definitely a good thing that you, uh, had your father. So don't be ashamed of that, bro. Yeah. Don't be ashamed of that. And don't let them ostracize you. My, my brother. brother. Okay. Lace. Cause oh, you had, you, did, Lace. you know what I'm saying? Cause hey, you I'm had your folks. I'm going to use ostracize. In the <laughs> the don't hey, don't let them ostracize it, you, my brother. Hey, Lace, you got a bean pie for me too, bro. <laughs> and I do. And I do. You Yo, know, Lace been on it. Uh, Mel brought up an interesting point. And I think, you know, sometimes, like I said, I can acknowledge the fact that, you know, Hey, I got dealt, um, some cards that I guess, you know, I got dealt cards that were better than other folks in the beginning, you know, and I, sure. and I can take that. And I know that it's enabled me to have access, you know, like one of the things I'll be transparent about a lot of my peers, they say, um, I didn't know if I was get, going to college or not. You know, that was never really a conversation for me. My folks were like, yo, either you going to go uh, fight for Uncle Sam or you going to somebody's school. And I already knew how I was built. So I was going to school, um, you know, the good this is another privilege, you know, uh, my older brother had already gone to school. So they knew the, uh, the FAFSA uh, process. They knew the student loan process. And so mm-hmm. while my older brother got student loans in 15 different places, they had already learned from their mistakes. And so I was able to even benefit from that. Yeah. But, you know, I definitely get what Mel is saying about jealousy, you know, when, it, and I guess this is another privilege, you know, uh, my dad always taught me, you know, we're always poor in some aspect. It may not be like, you know, in a money standpoint, but, I'm still lacking in some form or way. And so I try my best not to be jealous of other cats, especially people who look like me, because, you know, we all got some type of deficiency or lack um, due to white privilege, you know? So. So here's devil's advocate, white devil's advocate. 
<laughs> Toxic. <laughs> Toxic. Yo, could you hear the judgment in that? Mm, the air, uh, yeah, 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 man. <laughs> so that was audible judgment. <laughs> so Drew, you acknowledge that you have a privilege, yet you still had to work. You still had to work to get to where you were, right? Um, is it possible that there are white people who have privilege? Yet they still had to work to get where they are. Yeah, I think and that's the thing. And that's why I think everybody needs to take the opportunity to get educated on the subject, because, you know, the presence of privilege is not saying that there is no presence of struggle. Mm. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is, is that mm -hmm. you did not have to struggle or suffer in a specific area where I have. So white privilege is, is that um, I cannot go to the middle of uh Wisconsin, I believe, carry a, a gun out of state lines, shoot three, kill two, and make it out alive. First of all, I'm not even getting across state lines. Yeah. If that. Yeah. So, you know, that's privilege. You are afforded that. And so I guess in regards to like my parents, you know, um, if there is like a financial issue, I got two people in the home to be able to, you know, if somebody takes an L, there's still one person there. As opposed to you having a single parent. So if you have a single dad, because I want to be equitable in what I'm saying, if you got a single dad and he loses his job, you know, you hit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That was me. I grew up in a uh, as a child for, I want to say, well, my parents, they weren't married before I was born. But they got married after I was born and, you know, in inevitably divorced, whatever. So for a period of time, it was just uh, me, my sister and my dad. So I grew up in a single parent household, but it was my dad. So I was, you know, opposite of most other people who, you know, grew up with a single mother with no father or presence and stuff like that. So, you know, for a long time, there were certain privileges that I had by having my dad, but there are also certain privileges that we didn't have because we were poor. Yeah. You know, we didn't have we didn't have money. We struggled for a long time with a lot of different things. So that it was kind of like just this, like Drew said, in some area, you're going to be poor. You know, and that was just the one thing for us. We were financially poor for a long time, you know, before my dad was able to, you know, uh, I don't even want to say get back on the right track because he was never off track. It, life just put him in a situation where he had to make some decisions. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So um, that dream was hard. I ain't going to lie to you. You know, even having your dad around growing up in less than ideal conditions, you know, and stuff like that and having to go to, to, to school with hand-me-downs that you got from the goodwill or from somebody else mm -hmm. that you know, from in the community and all these other types of things. And I would say, shoot, for almost up until middle school every year when I got school clothes that either came from somebody else or the Goodwill or I got all my school supplies donated to me because we didn't have the, the money for yeah. that. Or, you know, we had, you know, food stamps and all these other different types of things. So it was like I was privileged in the fact that I had my dad, but I was also um, still suffering because there were a lot of other things I was watching other people be able to do, you know, because they had two parents, whether it was a step parent or, you know, both their parents being in their family that that, that I just couldn't, you know, couldn't yeah. do. So, Mel, I want to ask you a question, and um, I hope this is not like too much. So do you think you benefited from privilege by having your dad, but your sister did not have a privilege because she didn't have her mom? Ooh, she didn't have one. like that uh, that same sex parent to be able to like have. I think so. Uh, I would definitely say that not having uh, my mom around definitely, well, it, number one, it affected both of us. 
um, more than, you know, I, I thought, you know, a lot of times people think that boys only only need their dad. Like if, if he just lives with his dad, he'll be all right. But then you miss this element that you get from your mama yeah. that I, you know, that I didn't have. And there were a lot of things about me, you know, that I had to navigate, you know, on my own and didn't really know how to deal with because I didn't have my my mom around. Um, so I definitely feel like both of us experienced something, you know, with that. But I think my sister was more so robbed because, you know, before my stepmom came along, the, she didn't have really a, a lady representation, mm-hmm. you know, of like how a woman should act or be or, you know, or carry herself. All she had was my dad's teaching and what my dad would say. And, you know, dads with daughters, they raise their daughter how they want to raise their daughter. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's their version of what a lady is or what they what they want a woman to be. And it's, you know, not being promiscuous, not wearing, uh, showing all these clothes and stuff. But they never really learn a lot of the things you know, that they should. But, you know, when my dad got remarried, um, my stepmom did it, did a did a, an amazing job of just being there for us and treating us like we were her own kids and stuff like that and not making it seem like, you know, that dynamic where a lot of people have where it's just like, I'm just a step parent or I'm just a stepmom or whatever. And I'm only saying stepmom right now because people can identify with that, but I don't use that verbiage when I'm talking to her, you know, because of how much she did for me, you know, as a child and continues to do for me as an adult. So, you know, I give her respect to call her mom. Uh, but I say stepmom because that's what, you know, most other people, most other people can understand. But I still feel like there was something in my sister that was still yearning to be around her own mother. And um, I don't think that 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 ever went away, went away for her. So I definitely think that she was lacking in some areas because it was missing. That was deep, Drew. Yeah, that, hey, and I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, that went that went real deep. Hey, ain't nobody said nothing toxic. Though. So that's, that's I know, bro. Progressive. Hey. We progressing. Growth. But y- did y'all Growth. notice that like when no one said anything toxic, no one knew how to respond. So like Oh, I had some toxic loaded <laughs> for me. But <laughs> See, but I chose this to, is toxic I chose in to itself that it we laughing like this <laughs> now, but this is toxic. <laughs> We can't. Yo, so that's how black people do, though. Every time we suffer, we go through something, we turn it into the jokes. And I think, hey, you know what I'm saying? We, we turn everything into a and joke. That is a gift of black people, bro. We know we real, know how to real. turn lemons into lemonade. We know how to turn so. one pig into feeding us for multiple months. We're going to eat it I'm from the rooter to the tutor. Sure, I'm going to have to gently push back on that. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm, I'm more so referring to our ancestors who who knew how to do that. And so because they knew how to do that, it's, it's in our DNA to take the worst and make the best out of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel that, Troy. It is. But I also. All right. So I'm going to play um, uh, devil's advocate um, that doesn't look like us. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed me literally making jokes out of like childhood trauma. And my therapist is like, yo, you got to stop doing that. But I can't even help. That's real. That's that's real. That's real. That's real. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody be like, hey, man, uh, you want to go hang out? And I'm like, nah, bro, I'm about to go listen to uh, Tamala Man instrumentals and cry to my therapist. (laughs) 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 And they like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to therapy. And they were like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm like, man, just calm down. Like, you know, like, just don't don't make it too much. And that's a privilege we don't have. To be able to have those spaces and places where I can process my emotions. I got to put a joker face on 
and make a joke out of something just so I won't cry <laughs> in the middle of the work. No, day. <laughs> you real. In my counseling sessions, I was cracking jokes, but my counselor wasn't laughing. I was like, and I would literally start, I, I would crack a joke and that joke would be mad funny and he wouldn't laugh. And I'm like, bro, you just not going to laugh at my joke right now because that joint was hey man, funny. That's toxic. That's I'm paying toxic you. and dismissive, Troy. I don't like the sound of that. Bro, yeah. need a new I am paying, paying him. You better laugh at my <laughs> joke. You better laugh at me. Exactly. I am. I'm, this is primetime comedy right here. Yo, I'm interested to know, though, why did your why did your counselor say that you got to stop making jokes about it? What was the reason? Because her argument was, is that um, I have to give like appropriate space. Um to honor and like have some reverence for my feelings because when I don't and I kind of start like giving like so I guess the best example is if I know if I got a BMW or an Infinity and I just keep giving it regular gas at some point in time it ain't it is it, gonna it's gonna fail on me so yeah. I got to give certain situations the proper um, fuel that they need in order to be able to keep on moving so if something hurts me I gotta man I'm gonna call Troy and be like hey bro. <laughs> I need to holler at you about this. Or, you know, if I'm in a situation and I text mail and I'm like, yo, am I tripping? Whatever the case may be, because I'm going to honor it for the moment. And that allows me to be able to move on to the next thing. So it's, it's essentially giving space to navigate and knowledge of trauma and process it, et cetera, instead of solely making a joke and being geeked up about it. But black folk, we do do that a lot. You know what we I'm saying? Do. Like we can take, we, do, we, we literally be clowning any and everything. And I, I ain't gonna say what I was about. To say. <laughs> Toxic. But we really do. Yo, we black really people do. be at a funeral making jokes. Bro. Right. Like real talk. Literally. Like, I ain't gonna hold you. When my when my grandfather passed away, uh I know my mother was mourning, like, you know what I mean, in a in a significant way. Cause I mean he was like he was that dude. But like I we go to the wake and they taking pictures with with my grandfather <laughs> in the casket. I'm like <laughs> Hey Lace, <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. This is a, this is a true story. This is a, this is a true story, and I know sometimes I be putting a hundred on ten to make my stories sound a whole lot more funny and entertaining. But this is a true story, bro. A few years ago, my granddaddy passed away, Melvin Brown the first. I'm Melvin Brown the third. For all the listeners who don't know, I'm Melvin Brown the third. My granddaddy passed away. We were going to uh, Gary, Indiana, where my family is from, for the funeral. My grandfather's wife was upset about a lot of the funeral arrangements. She didn't want to pay the money to bury him. <laughs> so her and my daddy was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, arguing, arguing, arguing about what to do. Then my dad finally said, you know what? I'm not about to argue with, argue about this no more. I'm going to just pay for everything. You do what you want to do. We just going to cremate him or whatever. But before they did that, they wanted to have a ceremony, you know, for him, a little, you know, funeral procession, whatever. So they got to, to arguing about how he should be dressed in the casket. She wanted him to wear silk pajamas. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you, bro. My daddy wanted him to look more presentable. They was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he said, finally said, you know what? I'm going to go pay, pay my last respects to my dad. This, you know, probably going to be one of the last memories I have. I'm not going to argue over how he should look in the casket because the cremation is going to be inevitable regardless or whatever. Mm -hmm. We get to the funeral. Apparently, they had this conversation behind the scenes. I wasn't aware of it. So when we got to the, the site to view, I saw that he had on pajamas. <laughs> I was tight. And what make it even right. worse, we got there early. We got there early and the bottom half of the casket was open. I've never seen the bottom half of a casket open at a funeral. 
Okay. So I would always see people in the thing, but my brain has never processed that they probably don't have on shoes. <laughs> because my, my, my brain... My brain is being practical. If they have on an outfit, they got to have on shoes. Shoes, right, right. To complete yeah, yeah. the outfit. I went in there, the casket, bottom half of the casket open. I walk up to the joint. First of all, I'm caught off because he's wearing silk pajamas. He's dressed like TLC. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Look, okay. Uh, yes, yes. 100%. Nah, that was creep. That was creep. Uh, <laughs> creep. No, creep, creep, creep. So look, go in there. I'm looking at the joint. I'm already outraged. My dad knew better because he didn't tell me about it because y'all know how I get with my mouth. Right, right. So he, instead of Some stuff you just can't surprise me with. So he surprised me with it or whatever. I held it together for the moment. So I'm looking at Cassie, look down. Happened to see that he ain't have no shoes on. So then I got pissed off. Like, why he ain't got on did no shoes? Least, like, why he ain't got on no socks? Did they at least put some socks he on had him? To, Hit the tag was still on the toe and everything, Stop bro. Playing, oh, like, bro. bro. I'm not lying. Bro. Stop I'm not playing. lying, bro. I was so... This joint messed me up so bad, bro. Because I literally am like looking at the, the tag on the toe, the pajamas on. And while I'm in the middle of that, Miles walk up. He nine now, so he had to be like six, almost turning seven. He walks up and without hesitation, he like, is this a <laughs> dance? <laughs> Just like that, bro. I've never heard him say that joke before a day in my life. He was just like, is this <laughs> And I look just like Troy look just right now because in that moment, in that moment, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me, bro. Because I was so upset and angry, you know, and more than at the same time. And then for him to come up and be innocent and just make this statement that may, inevitably made me laugh. You know, it just put me in that little situation where I was just like, you know what, I I don't even care no more. I don't. Yeah, that's wild. About it, bro. That is wild. <clears throat> we always. That's what I'm saying. We just make jokes out of it. I ain't know what to do. You know, so I just laugh. So ever since, why did just become a, a healing? Why did Grandma want to marry? I mean, marry that so in silk pajamas. What's the story behind that? My granddaddy's nickname was Sleepy. Man, so she wanted yo, to make sure get me out of here. <laughs> Hey, is this your biological His grandma? His nickname was Sleepy, Is this bro? your biological so they, grandma? She wanted to make sure he was comfortable. No. 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 So Bless her heart, yo. Uh, Bless her heart. R. R. Did y'all ostracize her out of the family after this? Sure did. Sure did. Sure did. Mel, you're the only person that hasn't used ostracize in a sentence thus far, bro. I'm going to do it before the end of the podcast, bro. Why? So let me tell you this. Miles said, is this is this? <laughs> hey, bro. This is why I can't stand Miles. Miles a funny dude, bro. He, Yo, he was so sincere with that drink, He too. is his his father's son. Now, you, he is, you got it honest, you, yo. You're talking, you you talking about funerals, man. Um, I just eulogized. Eulogized? Yeah. I did the, I did yes. a eulogy for my great aunt. How you do it and you don't even know what it's called, bro? <laughs> Hey, we shouldn't be laughing right now. I didn't know the He's talking about a serious moment right now. I know. I'm talking about dang. And it just happened. It just happened two weeks ago. Hey, you remember that Breakfast Club interview where uh, Donnell Rawls was talking about how he had just buried his father and everybody started laughing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what happened just now with Troy. So I just eulogized my great aunt. A month and a half prior to her, I eulogized my my grandfather, which is her brother. And... um, and in both of those, in both of those messages, yes, I did have a point that I wanted to drive home, 
but in both of them i wrote jokes like i literally wrote jokes in the message and and partially because you know when it comes to death i do understand that it is a sad moment but we also got to realize that these people live their lives and we have to we have to celebrate them at the same time of what they've accomplished in their lives so um i, I bless them on that so look hey i think we kind of got away from the topic of uh, uh we did, privilege bro. we did we did we saw so let me quick. let me bring it let me bring it back to talking about my privilege which i didn't want to accept it's two privileges i don't want to accept um and so i kind of feel you drew but i i had to embrace it and just know that that's just how it is one of the privileges is is that um i'm an athlete a former athlete and so Thank you for putting that in there. Thank yeah, so, I yeah. knew Lace was coming. Sure. I knew Lace was coming. I knew it was coming. Well, I Lace, you were athlete coming. too, right? Still an athlete, not former. Oh, oh you are <laughs> lame, bro. Troy Lake. You are lame. Troy Lake. I'm still an athlete out here in these streets. I be giving buckets, bro. Um, uh, Yeah, so being an athlete in college and in high school, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was oftentimes I got favoritism from people. Now, it's not. The, and my wife uses that against me. She was like, well, Troy, you were an athlete. So you have you had privilege. And I'm like, babe, yes, I was an athlete. But I worked I worked for my 3.0 in college. And I would have had a 3.3 had I not got that D in uh, tax auditing class. If I not, if I didn't get that D, <laughs> I had a 3.3. Um and I got I got a three points what four something in um in high school so I worked for my grades bro I, I did my thing so no one handed in anything to me like that um now did I get blessed on some other ends because I was an athlete yes I did and those blessings sure, we yeah. shall not talk about right now because I'm a married man <laughs> hey. of eleven years um. <laughs> So that's one privilege that I do acknowledge that I do that I do have. Uh, another privilege that I have is that and uh, be, just come straight out with it. I'm light skin. And hey. yeah, and, absolutely. And being light skin, I, I, see and see Mel, the way that Melvin said you are. I, I felt like some type of <laughs> I felt some type of way in which he said that. Um, All y'all really light skin except for me. But go but ahead. Yeah. Being light skin. I'm comes, not light skin. Yes, and see, and that's another thing. <laughs> then it's people fighting not to want to be light skinned, right? Right, because to know be what, what they are, he yeah. know what it means right. if he say. It, but right. that's a privilege. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people receive privilege. Man. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like being light skinned, you know, uh, people who are uh, who are not black are less likely to be afraid of you. That is one thing I do mm -hmm. know that. Um, uh, being light skinned, majority of the time, your credit score is a little bit higher than everyone else's. Uh, For real? Nah, I just, I'm just, I'm. Oh, I was about to I, say. Oh, yeah, I was about to say. Like, I need to research yeah, that. I was about to <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, man, their their privileges would be light skin was in at one time because you know in the '80s, uh, Wesley Snipes ran that joint from the '80s and and before Wesley Snipes and all the Dog Brothers they were running it. But once the '90s hit, for some strange reason, El DeBarge, the Albie Shores, Shores uh, and all that type of stuff. And now you got Drake being light skinned He's bringing it in for the light skinned fellas. Um, it was it's, it's, it was attractive. So I do acknowledge that I do have those privileges. Uh, now, do I necessarily am I upset about it? Not really, but I do acknowledge them. Yeah, and I, I think we have to be we have to be cognizant that uh, privileges all around us, regardless of you know race, identity, those types of things. Certain 
individuals um, and systems are they benefit more from how it has been established when you talk about again social economic um all those things uh the system has been set up in certain ways for some to you know navigate their privilege differently but we all have privilege i mean i think about you know my current role that i'm in i mean within my institution 60 plus year history i'm the first um african-american male vice president you know what i'm saying so that's a privilege yeah, you know what I mean. So, so, so that's a privilege to be able to to be in that position. But again, as as others have mentioned, did it take work, grind, hustle? You know what I mean, sacrifice. Absolutely. But it's still a privilege to be in set role and how you navigate that. So, uh, I think you know, privileges all around us is is a, is truly about how we utilize that and navigate it um, within within those realms. So, yeah. Now, one one privilege yeah, totally. that uh, is one privilege that we all have, and it's the fact that we're men. Uh, For sure. Now, Absolutely. There was one time that I was offended that someone used that against me. Uh, I had a colleague. We uh, as uh, some some of you all may know, I work in higher education. Um, and it was one time where, you know, I was working with students and my colleague was working with the same students. And it seemed like the students like gravitated towards me a little bit more that's how I go. Then my yeah. colleague, who was a female, and one day she said to me, she's like, well, Troy, they like you more because you're a man. And I paused for a second. I didn't respond because I was like, this is going to be an HR thing if I respond. But um, <laughs> I didn't respond. <laughs> and then I thought about it for a long time. I was like, no, it's not the fact that I'm a man. I am just a likable person. You're not a likable person. <laughs> don't be mad at me because you don't have social skills. That's not my fault. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I do understand that there's some privileges as men, but some things you can't, uh, you can't just chalk it up to that because you like rattle some off, rattle some off. <sighs> Y'all keep mentioning male privilege. Like, what are some privileges that you think that we have as men that just so? Let well, I me mean, think about it. From, from, go ahead, Drew. My bad. Uh, no, you good. Like, so, for example, like, basically, um, and I'll admit I've seen it. There are some, like, spaces that people just would prefer to see, like, a man. So, I, so I'll go ahead and say it in seminary, you know, um, you know, a woman talk about, you know, I'm ready to get ordained and licensed, yo. I mean, it's a bunch of cash. It's like, yo, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what, like, that's yeah, real. Like, no, nah, that is real. Um, you know, or just like, you know, for example, um, like, you know, I do nonprofit work. And, you know, people are now calling it the nonprofit industrial complex. When you think of a nonprofit executive director or the board chair or a president of a nonprofit board, your mind automatically goes to a Caucasian straight white man. And so they're just spaces and places specifically in leadership roles where people, even some women too, not necessarily prefer, but automatically think because of conditioning that a man needs to be in that spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, also think about, too, what uh, a lot of our um, African-American um, sisters go through with as it pertains to how they present at work. They have to think about how they dress. Uh, are their clothes too tight? You yeah. know what I mean? Are they showing too much? Um, do, do they have too many um, assets showing? Are people going to be offended by the way they're wearing their hair? Those are things that we don't have to think about, bro. Like, 
at all. You know, what I mean, for the majority uh, of, of the roles that we serve in. But these are things that other people do have to think about and have to navigate. Um, I think, too, from a lens of um, our identity, you know, are we considered aggressive because we don't agree with somebody or whatever? You know, what I mean, like utilizing those things to try, get a one up on others um, within the workplace and beyond. You know, what I'm saying so those are all things that that are ever present and that we always have to think about. But for me, privilege is a lens of not having to think about something that somebody else has to think about and navigate in a way that can um, be detrimental to them in some way. So that that's how I kind of um, view aspects of privilege. Hey, that's a good way to think about privilege. I wouldn't, I didn't even want to come to that conclusion that you just stated. Yeah, that's real. Uh, stuff. Say, it, say it again so I can remember it. You said having to think about privilege is not having to think about something that someone else would have to think about. Correct. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if I know that I can wake up in the morning, throw my suit on and bow tie on, you can go to work where my colleague who is sitting across from the table from me got to think about, OK, if I uh, dress this way, am I going to be viewed differently or, you know, what I mean, like all those kinds of things that that uh, we really don't have to process and think about um, on a regular basis. Yo, and a good and another good example of privileges is that um, if you look at westernized politics, you will always more than likely see a uh, female politician in a pantsuit and a suit is traditionally yeah, yeah. a uh, <clears throat> a masculine uh, outfit choice, you know. And so that's why, you know, like women be like, I'm gonna get a pantsuit. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of crazy to like if you talk to a woman about her thought process for a job interview. Cause she'd be like, I'm not gonna wear this color because that's gonna make me seem aggressive. All, all over the place. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, yeah, and yeah, so um, yeah, I've seen yeah. so many women be um not women, black women be uh frazzled before an interview because they're thinking like, you know, you, we gotta remember, I think Virginia, I wanna say maybe two, three years ago, maybe like right when Northam became governor. The crown law. They recently just Yeah, they recently just passed a law to say you can't discriminate with me, discriminate me on how my hair naturally grows out of my head. Yeah. And so, yeah, correct, you know, correct. Um, men have gotten a little bit of leeway. You know, you get waves, you know, a little um, <laughs> taper <laughs> fading the back. You know, you good. <laughs> you know, you got to think about Bong. that. High and tight, high and tight. But no, I mean, uh, to, to add to that point, um, Drew, I mean, think about it. I, I remember, you know, doing interviews with people, especially when I knew it was a um, African-American female coming to do an interview these big loose pants I'm like yo they, they get that from cold <laughs> they got it from Kato this yeah this hey. you know dress barn did she get that joint from dress barn this big bag and very suit and I'm just like but those are things so that so that that alleviates bias etc but it also showcases a lens of privilege because again we, we don't have to to think about or navigate it um from, from that particular lens but it's, it's to drew's point too a lot of times especially going through certain processes it's not even about the process and the the knowledge think about the women that are represented in um in congress and the senate etc black women are always talked about from their educational lens where they go to school what do they bring to the table etc then you have their counterparts their white counterparts up there talking the craziest mess that you have ever heard of in life, but they are viewed totally different in the same setting. So being able to recognize that and say that some get privileges that others just don't get um, and they represent the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So those are those are all things that are always at the forefront when we talk about aspects of privilege. I ain't got no quorum. I ain't got no disagreement. I, just, I ain't wasn't debating. I was just no, how y'all rattle them out. You know, it's not things that I sit around. You know, I think about regularly, you know, um, male privilege or privilege at all, you know, anything like that. So, 
you know, hearing y'all say it kind of, you know, opened my eyes to areas that I didn't even think about. You know, I didn't even, you know, I pr I'm pretty sure if I were to ask Sharita, she's probably had some of these same thoughts about, you know, navigating the workplace or interviews or anything like that. But I've just never even thought to, you know, pick her brain on how she, you know, feels about that. I'm usually more so just like, you know, you got it, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> luck, you know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you right, know, you know, right, luck, right. you know what to do type of thing. Now, um, I will say this, too. Um there is one thing in the workplace, and this is very unfortunate, but if there is a male who is leading and he's very strong handed, uh, maybe he is uh, a helicopter, you know, leadership leader or whatever the case may be. And uh, he's kind of harsh on his on his team. They were like, he's a good man. He's a good leader or something like that. But if right, a right, female right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. does that, then they are the B word. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and that, that's very mm -hmm. unfortunate that, you know, you can't have the same approach. I think it's because women are oftentimes in society's view lens are supposed to come off as nurturing and not necessarily um, uh, harsh or whatever the case may be. And so when that happens in the workplace, the man is given the benefit of the doubt and his privilege to just say, hey, that's just the way he is. You know what I'm saying? And we got to work around mm -hmm. it. Whereas a woman is criticized of being like, you know, the B word. Sure. Yo, I'm going to challenge that a little bit. Um, not because I disagree with you, but as being a person in, you know, um, senior leadership uh, and having a team of people that I lead that make up men and women. I've kind of had the experience where if I am harsh, the men more so understand you know, they're more like there's a hierarchy. I understand that he's my, you know, supervisor. They take leadership and, you know, constructive criticism and stuff like that. But when I'm, you know, if I was to apply the same tack with the women, you know, the the feedback, you know, has been, you know, that I'm uh, leading with fear or intimidation or, you know, these words that get thrown around. And in the beginning, I'm just I was like, I'm not intentionally, you know, trying to lead you with fear, you know, and intimidation, all these other type of things is just this is the nature of the job. Like, this is just, you know, what's going on at the, at the, at the present moment. So I don't, I feel like, I don't know if it's, and forgive me, I don't know if it's because I'm black or what, or if it's just a change in other times, but no one has really made allowance to say like, this is just who he is. And we need to work around that. It's been more so like, here are some gaps in your leadership that I feel like you could, you know, improve or address whatever to, you know, present yourself a different way to the people that you're leading. So I, I would just say from my personal experience, you know, not to take away from what you're saying, it's just that, again, I don't know if it's because I'm black or what, but I haven't had that experience where someone is just making allowance for me being harsh or stern and saying like, oh, this that's just who he is, so we just going to work around it. It's more so like, you know, I need you to work on these things. Yeah. Well, I, I think a piece of that, though, is setting the expectation and setting the tone, primarily being, um, you know, a African-American male in roles of leadership. We got to set the expectation and set the tone early so there aren't questions that, you know, come up once we do have these kind of one offs and um, lenses of engagement with others, uh, primarily, you know, individuals that don't understand our culture, our history and how we um, have been trained to kind of articulate and put our messaging out there. So setting the expectation early and revisiting that in a lot of ways. I mean, I had a situation just this week where I had to tell somebody straight up, this is a democratic monarchy. At the end of the day, I can hear you, but it's a monarchy at the end of the day. So <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And so, um, you know what I mean? Yes, I heard you. Yes, I respect what you are bringing to the table. But again, it's a democratic monarchy. That's just what it is. Every Just because I hear you does not mean I have to utilize what you have Facts. stated. So uh, those are those are all things. And it's a privilege to even say that. You know what I'm saying? So that that's something that um is, is also another critical point. Yo, Andrew, I um what Troy and Mel said was so valuable and I agree, I guess I agree and disagree with the both of you all. Um I have struggled in leadership, especially I mean this is the truth. You know, in human services, it is normally a female dominated like work arena, social work, mm-hmm. um, nonprofit fields or whatever the case may be. And it's almost like, you know, like you said, Mel, when you respond, like when you respond, matter of fact, like there is little no emotion in your like in your thought process about like, you know, because men are task managers. I'm thinking of the most quickest, efficient way to get this done. I'm not thinking about feelings. I'm not thinking about anything like the goal is done. And when you just dis- and when you disseminate that to men, it's like they respect your run, you know, like, you know, like if you play in football, they, they respect the run like they know what it is. Like, I know what I got to do. But I have found that I have to, like, cater my speech um, to my female counterpart. So if I'm leading female, um, you know, team members. And so it's always the same thing. Sometimes I feel like this is reverse privilege or like I don't have the luxury to be like, you know, hey, I'm being real. <laughs> You know, I got it. You know, you need to have not reverse tone. privilege. I've never heard reverse that. privilege before. This is the first. That's new. Hey, That's when new. it goes viral, I want my credit for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's I gonna say? Because like what Mel says is is like I, I I'll be honest. You know, we say a lot of times that I've tried to do this. You know, especially with my mom, I try not to tone police her. But I'm like, hey, you're too loud, or whatever the case may be. You know, I'm just like my mom is real passionate about this or like black women in my life. I try not to police their tone. However, I'm always told that I got to soften my tone or maybe you can ease up a little bit. And it's just like I'm literally talking how I'm talking to you all. I'm just saying, you know, like I say, we all got stuff going on at home, but we still got to get the job done. Are you saying that you don't care about me as a person? Like, I, I, oh my God. I really don't. I really don't. But you can't say that though. You Drew. really don't, but you can't say that for Oh real. my gosh, Drew. But I do I, I, I do think that uh, a point to be made from that point, uh, Drew, is why not tailor the message where anybody could receive it in a way that is not t- taken sideways. I mean, obviously, perception is always going to be a thing. But I think when we look at you, when we start, you know, throwing out, you know, women take things this way, men take things this way. How as a leader are, can you cater the message or tailor the message where anybody regardless of how they identify, can accept it and pick up whatever you're push, pushing and run with it. You know what I'm saying? But, well, but that's the thing. I feel like I've done that, though, because, you know, I'm very I, I treat I try to treat everybody in an, equi- in an equitable way. So when I'm saying this, it's purely off of like I, I would say data. I've gotten this feedback gotcha. consistently from these group of folks and I've gotten better at it to say, you know what, maybe I could have rephrased that, you know, like, you know, I can't, I, I shouldn't be saying, you know, Oh, you were non-cooperative. You know, it sounds like, you know, I'm in an interrogation room. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like I'm trying to be better about my word choice, you know, and the things that I do. But I just feel like sometimes it's just like no matter what I do, it's not good enough. But, you know, I hate that so much. You know what, Lace? uh, Honestly, sometimes and I know Drew's situation a little bit. I don't know it in, in total. 
But sometimes people in there, they get in their own mindset of regardless of what this person is about to say, it's going to be something negative. Oh, for sure. And so yeah. I, even if yeah. they, even if they say something like good morning, well, why he say good morning like that? Like he looked at you when he said good morning, but he ain't look at me when he said sure. good morning. So it's like I feel yeah. like some people, man, they they automatically regardless of if you try to be nice or good towards them, they're going to try to find something. Even when you try to be good, it's like he only being good to me because of X, Y, Z. Cause he know last week when he did such and such, it, it you know, I'm, and it's very unfortunate, bro. It's like no one gets an opportunity to grow in their um in their relationship with people that they work with or interact with. Reg- no, that's real. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Totally understand. And I, I and you know, Troy, that's kind of how I feel. It's just like you know, um, you know, I'm super nice and friendly in every facet of my life. And I think it's hard for me to respond to when I'm like going out of my way because y'all know me. I'm a natural introvert. If we all out, I'm in my phone and I'm not talking to nobody. You know, call me Mel Brown. No new friends. I want to talk to nobody. <laughs> I want to order my wings, get an Arnold Palmer or a Blue Moon and just, Welcome you know, kick it. You know what I'm saying? But when I go out my way, especially because I'm like an introvert, Troy, and I go out of my way to be extroverted because, you know, you can't be in leadership and be an introvert all the time. And then when I'm responding to that and they're like, oh, well, you did this wrong. You said this the wrong way. I'm like, you don't know the mental bandwidth it's taking me right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just to have a conversation. Sure. That's the yeah. realest thing that yeah. I've heard this week, Drew. Yeah. What you right. just said. That drink touched my soul. I ain't even going to lie to you because, <laughs> y'all, look, you laughing right now, but that's like one of my biggest struggles, bro. That's one of my biggest struggles in life. I hate the tone police. I hate having to listen to people talk about my tone all the time or whatever. And I get so frustrated with that because I know that I have no ill intent by what I'm saying. So it frustrates me that other people are finding negativity in what I'm saying instead of just taking what I'm saying for face value. And I get frustrated with that because I'm like, why? Why am I always overworking my brain and myself and my character to try to accommodate this person? through communication in a way that I feel like I shouldn't even have to have to, to begin with. Uh, and it's, I always get frustrated with that because I'm like, it's almost like the responsibility is always on me to mature and accommodate and whatever. And then sometimes I'm just like, when are you going to be mature enough to just learn how to take the meat and spit the bones? When are you going to learn how to yeah. just accept this information? You know, because I'm not always, I think that, and let me say it like this, I think that we're setting people up for failure when you try to be like, oh, you need to work on your tone. You need to do this. You need to do that. Because everyone that you come in contact with is not going to be so tone focused, you know, and it's not true. necessarily that so they're going to talk to you the way that you think that they should talk to you. So I'll be sitting there like, first of all, is is what I'm saying true? Let's start with that. Because if it's true, let's just stay there. You know, I would, you know, I would feel well, those, if those I'm days, like lying yeah. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like if I was lying or saying something that won't true. I feel you, you know what I'm saying, more if you was like snapping back on me or something like that. But I'm like, if what I'm saying is true, let's start with that before you focus on how I'm saying what I'm saying and how I need to fix, you know, all this other thing. So I, I ain't gonna lie. I get frustrated by that. By And it's feedback and it, that I've gotten quite a bit and I know it about myself. I don't, as Drew say, I don't practice no tact. I just say stuff however, you know, it come out or whatever. And I, I ain't gonna say I've been working on it. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna pray about working on it. And, you know, well, that's a privilege I'm, within itself. You know what I'm saying, bro? Because at the end of the day, regardless of our messaging, uh, we also have to we always have to, you know, consider 
um, intent versus impact. Obviously, your intent is not to hurt nobody's feelings or have them feel a certain way, but the impact is still there. So I think we we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge at least that piece. You know, whether you work on it or not, it is what it is. But I mean, y'all, like I stated um, on previous episodes, my pops is a Southern Baptist preacher. He will say whatever he wants to across the pulpit. But over time, he has had to learn that, okay, I can't go as hard on this because the people ain't going to receive it. And if, if the end goal is to lead people closer to a higher being, then you have to tailor your messaging across the board. So, again, not knocking how, you know, how you all approach it um, and how you all uh, ha- have navigated it. But I think at the end of the day, we have to be mindful, you know, of intent versus the impact. So, That's Lace. That's less than I'm going to have to learn, Lace. And I'm going to receive that from you because of how eloquently you put that in the example that you use. So I'm going to take inventory of it. You know, I, I'm coming to realize that it's something that I'm just going to have to do. And I was talking sure, to Troy sure about this recently yeah. where I'm just like, all right, I'm going to have to make the adjustment because I can't much expect, like I was just talking about, expect millions of other people to accommodate me and adjust <laughs> adjust to me. It's not going to happen, right? So then I'm going to have to make the personal adjustment yeah. in order to save my own sanity and my own peace. It just frustrates me because it puts me in a situation where I feel like I'm not being able to be my authentic self. And now I'm playing mm. this game. You know, it feels like a game to me. I know it's Politics. not really a game, but it feels like a game. And it feels like sure, politics, which I hate bro. because I hate it. I hate there's politics. no way. I don't even like playing the game. There's bro. no, I don't there's like no way the around it. You you, you got to play that game, bro. Everything is politics. So, Lace, let me ask you this. You, you are absolutely right. We talk about it all the time in the nonprofit realm. Intent versus impact. But what happens? So what do you do as a leader yourself? And I'm asking this genuinely. If you are extending impact versus intent to everybody else, but you never are on the receiving end of that, nobody's ever telling somebody else. That's a good question, bro. You know, maybe that's a good question. I wouldn't know the same thing. Maybe Drew didn't mean it that way. Like maybe perhaps, you know, he's trying to push you or trying to, you know, get you to perform. Well, well, I think that the, the, the quickest answer to that, and I mean, we could, that could be a whole another pot potty episode, but the quickest answer to that is, um, like I stated earlier, setting the expectations. If people know you and know what you truly represent, your philosophy, the meaning behind those things, the reasons why, the why behind what you do, there's generally grace given in those aspects. You know what I'm saying? So I think that comes from building relationships, understanding Boom. the people that you're serving, how you uh, represent them, and setting the expectation early. Once that is recognized and, and realized, some of the minutia of, oh, did he mean it this way? Did he mean it that way? Is generally alleviated because they know who you are. They know your philosophy, your why, and they can, you know, see the overall vision and how to execute that and where they fit into that puzzle. So that's generally how I approach it. Um, because again, uh, we, we, we live in a space that's ever changing. You know what I mean? Nobody can ever stay on top of all of the things, but being mindful of, okay, if I say this this way, this is how it could impact. Um, others, you know what I mean, and, and being uh, being mindful of that. So that's how that's how one hundred percent. I just want to say real quick before Troy provides additional feedback that if anyone ever talks about how far I've progressed in life over the last ten years, I want y'all to see why because these are the type of people I hang around, and the way that Lace just dropped that knowledge on me just now is what's going to help me to continue to excel, you know, in my day to day. And this is like. This is helping me, bro. So when I talk about no new friends, it's for situations and reasons just like this because I already got my team. <laughs> I already know who's going to help me get to where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this the reason. So, I, you know, I appreciate that. And I'm going to definitely take that, you know, with an open heart or whatever. So I, I appreciate the wisdom. What, ahead, what Lace was saying about building that relationship, you know, people won't care about what you know until they know that you care about them. 
And so once you once you get to the point of 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 establishing that point of they know that you care about them and you cultivate that relationship, then they're able to take the good and the bad and know, hey, hold on. I think over a course of time, this individual has shown that they love me. So this is not something that they are being they're being they're doing by ill intent. Um, uh, just just recently, I had a, a incident with a relative. Um, they thought that they informed me about an illness that they that they encountered. And I never called to check on them uh, when they had it. And for, well, first of all, I didn't even know that you were sick. That's the first thing. And then I had to remind them, you know, over the course of time, I've checked in with you. I've 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 I went out of my way to show you that I love you, that I've, I've come to try to, uh, you know, be with you. I spent money on you and stuff like that. I spent quality time. Um, by me not checking up on you, you obviously know there was something that came up. Either I didn't know or you never related to me. But you got to understand, I never did it intently to hurt you, uh, to ignore you. You know what I'm saying? Because my track record shows I care. So, um, and, and, you know, when you when you build that history of relationship with somebody, you can always show, hey, man, I've always meant for your good, not your bad. Mm. You know, and that's why I chose the word of the week to be ostracized, especially when I knew we were talking about privilege, because I feel like in our own individual capacities and Troy, even with what you just said, I think Mel and I feel ostracized in our own specific ways. <laughs> Toxic. Lace definitely let out that chuckle. I think Lace laughed because I don't know if it kind of seemed like Drew was trying to give himself kudos during that time. (laughs) So that's (laughs) the reason why he laughed. So I understand why he laughed, but. Well, Drew, will you be serious? If I want to be masterful with my work, hey, bro, I'm I'm serious. If I want to give myself kudos for being masterful with my mastery over King's English and my word choice, I'm going to do it every time. Hey, bro, not the King's English. But no, real rap, though, like it's ostracizing, bro, for you to everybody always to have correction for you. But I'm going to challenge myself to do what Lay said, you know, and new roles and new opportunities. I'm going to set the expectation because I do care about folk, you know, so. So. Yeah, you can't, let it, you, can't, you can't let it subjugate you, man. You can't let it subjugate you. Drew, you know Drew I mean? touched on something right there, man. Drew, Drew has really touched on something right there for me, for me because that's really like my struggle with the whole tone conversation. Like that's, that's really the struggle. Like if I'm talking about y'all, for example, like as much as I show up for, for my team, as much as I be there for like anybody that know me know, like once I stamp you, like you buy people, I'm going to do whatever for you. And it don't matter what it is. Like, it could be good. It could be bad. You could be in trouble. You need help. You, you know, in a good situation or you trying to turn a bad situation worse. You know, you pick up the phone, you call me, whatever, you know, I'm going to be there. Sometimes I'm going to be there without you even having to ask. So if you, if I, if we had that relationship and you know something about me and I'm investing in you and you know, I mean, what's best for you and all that, why would you even think that what I'm saying to you is meant to be hurtful to you? Why would you even focus on my tone? If you know the type of relationship that we have. You know, so I go into it thinking like I'm talking to someone that I hold close to me, you know, and they looking at me like I'm personally attacking them. And it's just like, why would you even think that about me knowing the type of relationship that we have, you know, and try to, you know, ostracize me about how I, you know, why would you but do Melvin, that? Like, why th- would you do that and ostracize me? Ostracize me about it's it human nature, though. Intent, it's, it's, it's human nature. That's the thing. It's, it's human nature. Um, so go so ahead, Bishop. 
a step over. No, Troy, go ahead. I got you. It's human nature. And unfortunately, Melvin, I do believe that some people's memory is more short short term than it is long term. And and because of that, they only remember things within a short period of time. They might not they might think like, man, he's been treating me like this for the past two days. He must feel like a certain way towards me versus saying, hey, the 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 last, you know, umpteenth years that I've been around you. You know what I'm saying? So they don't they don't put it in a context of a time period that shows all of it together. They only just show it in a, in a short time period. And because of that, they'll, they'll automatically think that you are attacking them. And, um, and so in those situations, how do we address that? In those situations, sometimes we have to remind them like, Hey, I, I, I have over a course of period of time have shown you my love and this, I've shown you my affection. I've shown you my relationship with you in this time. Please don't forget that. And also, so put this, interaction that we've had together in context over the whole course of time that we've had together now with that being said that does not say that we can't be out of our character of our whole course of history because we all know that mm-hmm. you know some people can show friendly for a while and then they switch and they be somebody different so maybe sometimes it's in the case that they fear that you have switched and come to some somebody different but if that's not the case then always we have sometimes we have to bring people back to uh, uh remembering the history of time of our t- um, relationship together. I mean, they switched up on Jesus, so I mean, they go, they go switch up on you, bro. It's bro, his own is. man it's switched up on him in three years. <laughs> you know I mean? So, so yeah, that that's just what it is, yo. Switched hey, I know up we were supposed to be talking about male privilege tonight, and we didn't sidebar a bunch of times. So let me apologize to the fifty listeners that we got every week. Hey, man, I'm it is what it, it is. Privilege. I'm gonna bring it back. The, hey, the episode. Privilege, Melvin. I'm gonna bring it back. You know what I'm saying? So that's what. <laughs> hey, so hey, this Jay was this Jay was therapy for me as usual, bro. So I, I robbed the podcast to get some advice and healing tonight. So nah, I, bro, I, I'm gonna uh, bring it on back around, bro. Like it's a sermon. So Lace, I'm gonna ask you this, Bishop Lace. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> so based off what Mel said and what Troy said, and you tell me if I'm speaking out of privilege. When do we as people move out of our own hurt and previous traumas to be able to effectively receive communication? Because what I'm hearing you say is in regards to intent versus impact. A lot of the time, the impact is not really the impact that we perceive is based upon previous experience. So, you know, sure. Mel and I go go back and forth against us about when should people, you know, take a uh, do that critical um, analysis of themselves. Is it privileged to say, I feel like by this point, you should have been able to, you know, not necessarily not necessarily say move past something, but like to address like, hey, I'm going to tell you exactly why I took this the wrong way. Um, but I hear what you're saying now. I think that I think that you can't quantify that. I don't think you can put a timeline on when somebody else, another human being can um, identify. Oh, I, I'm, I'm receiving this differently now, whatever the case may be. All you can continue to do is find ways to connect and engage and, and push a sound message that aligns with whatever uh, mission critical aspect you're trying to to accomplish. So short answer um, is, yes, it is operating in privilege to expect that <laughs> from somebody else. <laughs> but I, I think, too, you have to be mindful. Of, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, what I mean, if you in a relationship, you mess up and you want that individual to trust you two days later. It don't work like that. Like you can build trust for yeah. years, do one thing, and it may, it switches everything. There got to be a time stamp on that, though, the, Lace. Uh, 
that it's, it's, it's not though. We, we may want it to because that's, like I said, human nature. We want things to be copacetic and, and, and in a right space, but you can't put that on somebody else to say, by this time frame, you should be able to receive what I'm saying in the way I'm saying it because I'm saying it the right way. Like, it's just, it's just not what it is, bro. Uh, yeah, it's just not what it is. Uh, Melvin, if, and one thing I want to acknowledge, man, um, you took a, you, you took a commercial break to talk about your growth and I'm going to take a commercial break to acknowledge that said growth. Um, one thing that we've talked about in the midst of this whole we started off with talking about with parental privilege of having having both parents in the household. And then we kind of touched on uh, male privilege um, a little bit. And one of the things about male privilege um, is that the I hate to say this, but and a lot of people have said this, but like the world revolves around the man. You know what I'm saying? And so we've we base things upon men's standards and, and all that case all the case may be i'm not saying that's how i want the world to be i'm just saying that's that's basically how our world has been and because you have male privilege you don't have to change if you don't have to if if you don't want to but the fact Mm -hmm. that you acknowledge that there's room for you to grow is exactly what we want people with privilege to do is we want them to acknowledge that, hey, I might have this privilege, but there's room for me to grow and there's room for me to be mm-hmm. better with it. And the fact that you said that you're putting yourself around people to uh, be able to to get better and stuff like that, bro. We need more people to do that. We need more people to do that. Just recently, me and Drew, we sat down with this uh, with this um, uh, with this white male who acknowledged that he um, had some ideologies that weren't necessarily healthy for all races and all cultures. It was only for his demographic and his uh, political stance. And he said, because I realized this has put me on a different trajectory. Uh, that's the new word for a uh, new big word for mm-hmm, next week. Mm-hmm. It's put me on a new trajectory on how I look at my ministry and how I want to do things. And we don't have the answers of what he needs to do right now, but that is the start of a of a uh, of a man that's growing and going in the direction where he needs to go. So, man, I encourage you uh, to continue to continue on this journey and go a little bit deeper. A lot of y'all don't know the night last night we were practicing um, working with this new software that we have. Hopefully, the audio sounds better this week. And um, and uh, one of the things that uh. That Mel that Melvin said he said he said sometimes I feel like I'm fighting but I don't know what I'm fighting for um, but mm. I just I just can't uh, but whatever the case may be I just know I can't give up and brother honestly I think you're fighting for your own betterment of yourself and your own growth as part of it not not yeah. necessarily the, yeah. the 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 end all be all but you are growing and and becoming a better man and I know that. Uh, that is for your good, brother. So we need more brothers like you out there in this world. Hey, Troy. That's real. And, and, to, hey, Troy. and to add real quick. Are you going to open ahead, the Troy. doors of the church? Yeah, but before he... Something simpler to that, bro. Lace, go ahead, man. Before he take the offering, I'm going to add this because this could actually be another... <laughs> uh, this could be another episode because something you said, Troy, jumped out at me. Um, and what I generally have a problem with because you all said that y'all sit down with um, someone uh, who does not have melanin in their um, skin um, from from having a conversation. What jumps out at me is I have an issue 
when there's a great awakening and folks who have a certain ideology all of a sudden want to switch up because they see things a little bit differently. I just have trouble navigating. Is is it real or is it like, oh, I know what you're saying. I know what you're you getting. Know what I'm saying? Pr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Primarily when there's a switch up in, in that sense and, Oh, I'm, I'm, I have a great awakening. Now I need to operate and move differently. I think that's a privilege within itself, but that's another conversation for another day. But I appreciate you sharing that because that jumped out at me. Hey, man, usually I try to close the podcast with something, you know, witty or whatever. But after Troy's, you know, statements, man, I don't think I, I could follow that up with anything valuable to give to the people. Man. So I'm just, <laughs> you know. I'm going to keep it a being with you, man. I'm going to just I'm gonna just close the podcast out tonight, tonight on that word, man. And just, you know, um, yeah, man, tell everybody if you if you stuck with us this long, you know, as usual, man, we appreciate it. We appreciate, you know, the weekly listeners, the support that we've been getting, man, all the messages that have come through. You know, I've appreciated it. It's really touched me, you know, because just being transparent, I was uh, for a long time. I ain't even going to say I was nervous. I was just afraid you know, to even start the podcast, you know, to put myself out there, share my story with people and stuff like that, you know, but I did it anyway. And, you know, to see the support that I've gotten from, you know, people and just getting random text messages throughout the day, people saying, yo, this this podcast has been therapy for me or it's been helping me or, you know, I appreciate you being honest, you know, on the podcast and stuff like that, man, that that's what helps me keep logging on every week and, and jumping in with the guys, man. So number one, I just appreciate y'all for getting on here with me, you know, every week to, you know, help me stay on the right track, help me get this stuff off my chest. And then to everybody that's just been, you know, with us this far, man, I appreciate you. We appreciate you, you know, and to continue, you know, continue to uplift us, man, because we need it, uh, especially the fellas. And as always, you know, um, like us on Instagram at Manly D's Podcast. Subscribe, follow us so y'all can get them drops. I try to get these episodes off every Thursday. I'm just being honest with y'all. That's 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 part of my plan. I don't want to be competing on Fridays with new music. I know how y'all do. Um, So I try to drop them on Thursdays. But, you know, stay tuned. And, you know, as always, until next time. Peace. Bing bong. (laughs) We out.